I run a half marathon every month. Every month, just yeah. so thirteen point one miles. I do that to keep my base up. Yeah, for my marathon training. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Chris with Elite Health and Performance. Welcome to another episode of Becoming Elite Podcast. Today, I have Mr. Tim Woods with me, who is a marathon runner at 74 years of age. Are you 74 yet? I will be in March. I'm in 73. So we're getting there. So we'll, we'll say 74. Right. Uh, <laughs> Close enough. Right. Uh, I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, I appreciate I know, being here. Yeah. You've been on a couple podcasts, right? Uh, or is this your first one? This is my second one. Second one. The other one was actually a test. We'll put it like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> your wife has a podcast, right? right? Yeah. And then yeah. Have, you, have you helped with that one? Or, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it makes it nice. A little bit different being yeah. we, have the, we have the office here now with the studio. So right. it makes it nice a little more too. interaction. Very nice. And definitely can't do a video one with you. We had to have you in person. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> you are definitely one of those elite people. I Thanks. met you in late 2019, early 2020, mm-hmm. when I took over the clinic. Yeah. Uh, and then you have stuck with me since then, which yep. I am very appreciative for. Um, Absolutely. But have seen you made major strides, especially with your running and getting mm-hmm. to know you as a friend, too. You bet. Um, become a personal friend of mine. Uh, just want to kind of bring you on, kind of talk through your life. Like, you are definitely an interesting person. Um, I don't know how then, interesting, but I'll tell you whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to know. <laughs> uh, but I think I think you have a, a really good, cool story that I think a lot of people can really relate to amongst how how you grew up, what you went through, going through the Marine Corps, uh, serving, coming back, working there, and then now you're you're just crushing marathons and, <laughs> and reaching goals that most people don't when they hit right. hit later age. They try to really stick to hey, I'm. I, I'm having surgeries, like I'm yeah. laying on the couch, like kind yeah. of that sedentary lifestyle. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's a cool, cool realm to have you on and really kind of talk about that. Yeah. Um, when we look at it, we'll kind of start at the beginning there. So childhood life, what was that kind of like then that led you up into going to the Marine Corps? I know looking at that time frame, because you're looking 1960s, what that, that, that was kind of the, hey, that's what you did, right? Right. Uh, yeah. You really looked at, hey, you were going to go surf because it was a part of our lifestyle then. Well, if we talked about my child life, we'd need a therapist in the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go that deep. We won't go that deep. No, actually, you know, I uh, had a pretty decent childhood, and I was in high school when I enlisted in the Marine Corps. So I was Correct. 17. I had to wait until I graduated before I could actually go in. They okay. didn't – my – Recruiter said, "You're not. I'm not letting you in until you graduate from high school." Yeah, which was a goal anyway. Yeah. In my family, I was the last of seven, and I'm okay. the the first one to graduate from high school. So, what's so that big family. You? Yeah, yeah, big family. But anyway, um, getting in the Marine Corps, there was a lot of things that drove that for me. You know, for me, it was about uh, I wanted to make my own choice. At the time, there the draft was on. So mm-hmm. everybody was concerned about being drafted because right. if you're drafted, you're a grunt and you're going to be thrown on the front lines. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, as a 17-year-old, I, I thought, you know, I want to get the best training I can if I'm going to try to survive this. Yeah. You know, so at that time, the best training I could come up with was Marine Corps. Okay. So I enlisted in the Marine Corps to do that. 
I, you know, I look back at that, and, and sometimes I question my <laughs> my thinking at that yeah, time. But, absolutely. But actually, it was the right thing for me. Yeah. You know, getting in the Marine Corps um, instilled a lot of uh, positive things. You know, okay. and some few negative, but yeah. the the positive part of it was that uh, self evaluation and um, sticking to it. Uh, you know, making sure that you. Um, get through whatever you have to get through, you know. And so I went uh, in the Marine Corps three days after high school. Okay. So, so graduated. And graduated. Said, three days later, my butt was on a plane heading for San Diego. So I'm a Hollywood Marine. Okay. I'm not an East Coast Marine. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it was... Um, it was a little terrifying to be yeah. truth in the middle of the night, be on a bus and thrown out and called everything in the book. I'd never, nobody ever talked to me like that before. So it was, uh, it was interesting. Right. And I guess I've never really asked this. You're originally from Iowa? Yeah. Right. I grew up in Des Moines okay. on the South side. And, yeah. um, you know, so I had, I ran away from home a couple of times. <laughs> I lived the true, in, the true South Side of yeah, the boy lifestyle, right? <laughs> and I lived in uh, Georgia, and I lived in Arizona for a little bit in in that time, but mostly in Des Moines. Mostly in Des Moines, yeah, and then yeah. left for the Marine Corps. Yeah, and then you said you did your your training at uh, camp. Um, yeah, not. Camp Matt, that was later. <laughs> I went to the MCRD, which is in San Diego. From there, we did advanced training up in uh, Oceanside, which is uh, just north of San Diego. I'm trying to think of Camp Pendleton, excuse me. And yeah. um, at, after Camp Pendleton, I was shipped off to uh, Pensacola, Florida. What okay. a huge difference. Yeah. After I graduated out of it. The uh, basic training, yeah, um, and I was uh, in um, communications. It was a naval training center, and I was given a top secret clearance. Okay, and I so you're big time. It, it was it was interesting. Um, I learned Morse code. That's how old I am. Yeah. You, can you still do Morse code? Oh yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. If I hear it, I can do it. You, you know? can do it. Yeah, it's ingrained in the brain. You know, yeah. but uh, basically, I copied. Uh, Morris code and so which is top secret because some of it was you know uh, coded and that kind of thing anyway so uh, after camp, after going through uh, NCTC which is a naval communication training center in Pensacola I went directly to Vietnam and, okay. but kind of a circuitous route I went through Okinawa first and we did some training there at Camp Horn before we went in country and okay. I Landed in country, I think it was the end of May, if I remember correctly. Memories are like Swiss cheese, you know, there's holes in them. <laughs> but, you know, the it it was a real eye-opener. We got yeah. attacked the night that we arrived. Okay. So we're r running for a bunker, and I thought, okay, this is it. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. You're an 18-year-old kid. You're <laughs> running for your life, yeah, you know. Yeah, and so, Just kind of flashing before your eyes yeah, before you know it. Yeah. But I actually, you know, um, got into uh, Da Nang, and um, from Da Nang, I was helicoptered. Uh, I'm sorry, no, I was on a, a big uh, aircraft that went up to uh, Dong Ha, and I was up there for quite a while. And 
you know, copied uh, the Vietnamese and the Chinese. And, you know, that's the reason for the clearance was because we're copying all the militaries around the Russians. Of all things, Cubans, you know, whatever, whatever I was assigned, that's what I did. Um, Been out on a few hills by myself. And that that was kind of terrifying. Um, But then... uh, got back to Da Nang, and I think the closest call I had was in Da Nang. Okay. Um, it was September 6, 1969. You know the date? I do, I do. Uh, it was that impressive. That oh, hell yeah. I, you know, um, we got hit by the Viet Cong, uh, and their technique was to rock, walk rockets across to get to their ta- target. Yeah. So they'd start, you know, hitting you with rockets, and they just keep moving closer. Well, they hit, uh, we were across the river from the the city of Da Nang at, at uh, Camp, Camp Horn, like I said, Swiss cheese. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. We got hit on the camp, okay. and then that set everything off. We ran out of the, we were, we were fortunate in Da Nang that we were in barracks, and okay. they were louvered on the side, so the, the air would move through them. And there was more reason behind that, I learned. But um, so uh, when the blast went off on camp, uh, we hit the bunkers and sat there for a while and uh, waited for the all clear and got back up in our, back upstairs and get in our bunks so that we can go to work the next morning. And about two o'clock in the morning, here they come again. And this time they were, nailed one hit right in front of my barracks in the road and I got a picture of that then um, the next one I was out of my bunk and in the doorway of this, on the second floor of this uh, barracks and looking out when I, when I looked out from that doorway I could see the army of the Vietnam their um, ammo dump where they stored all of the, the, the ammo and the next rocket hit one of those magazines, and it blew up. And all I remember seeing was fire from one perspective of my eyes to the other. To the just, other. Yeah, just complete fire. And then it was like, I must have been standing behind a you know, a horse or something that hit me yeah. right in my gut. Because I know we've up. talked about this before. You said it just felt like something yeah. to like completely crushed your chest. It did. It just like, you know. Or into your gut. Yeah, it, my your gut, gut and right, my yeah. chest. You're yeah. right. And it did. It just picked me up and threw me back. And it knocked me out. I remember coming to and the dirt and the dust was just, you know, you couldn't hardly breathe because yeah. of it. And all the lights were busted. All the... I got up and I started sweeping the floor because I, you know, I was worried about. Of course the, you were. Of course you were. You're as bad as I am. I, I know. I know. You're as bad as I am. I started sweeping the floor because of all the glass, and I was worried about my my buddies, you know, yeah. cutting their feet up because most of us were barefooted, you know. So, <laughs> and uh, I remember looking back at the where the latrine was, where you know where our, the showers and the toilets and the sinks and the sinks were cracked and okay. busted i yeah. mean they were all busted toilets were busted water was flowing all over it was crazy the and you're con- out there sweeping the floor yeah and, <laughs> and the concussion was uh, that strong yeah the, and the reason for those louvers on the side of the barracks was so that the if we did get hit by something the concussion would blow through the building without collapsing the building okay. on us 
that's what I was told later. I don't know if that was really planned, but yeah. it worked. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. So, I mean, that was about as close to being dead as I, I came in Vietnam. I was shot at a few times, but, you know. You kinda, that's minor things. Yeah, that's a minor <laughs> thing. You're getting blown up is a whole different yeah. thing. Anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, you know, you know, long story short, Vietnam was uh, exciting, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I spent my 13 months there and, and left in June of uh, 1970. The um, thing about having a clearance like I had was you weren't allowed to take R&R. Everybody looked forward to R&R. Yeah. The grunts, everybody got a little bit of rest and recuperation. Yeah, absolutely. And I wasn't allowed to do that because of my clearance because they didn't want me to get snagged by somebody and... You know, then you yeah kind of know all still the my guts yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. So yeah. which worked you know I, I but so it allowed me to save a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I know we've kind of talked about it before, but like even you, you serving like I know with Veterans Day and stuff like that came up. I, I really told you like hey, very appreciative of what what you did and what you done for us just because like it's looked at different now from yeah. what it was looked oh, at. Oh my like, gosh, like, yes. I know you talked about it like. People were very upset and like yeah. all this stuff and didn't appreciate what what you were truly doing and defending. Whereas it now it's more more hey we really appreciate what's going on, especially with the wars overseas now and yeah. it, it, the society we live in is just chaotic. But like yeah. I've always told you like hey very I thankful for what too. what you've done for us and yeah. especially allowing me to be able to to work the way I can yeah. um, and do the things I can I'm able to do. Just because that's that's basically where it all starts at is like, hey, you defended our country, and then we're still able to do the things that we're able to do because of that stuff. You know, at seventeen, I didn't know I was doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, at eighteen years old, I it was about, you know, what am I doing for myself? But it, the truth is, I felt a deep um, belief that what I was doing was the right thing, Yeah, you know, and I followed orders, which you do in the Marine Corps. There's right. no choice. You follow right. orders or there's repercussions. There's orders and structure. And right, that's right. That's what you're and, doing. And so coming back after Vietnam, so my next duty station after Vietnam, I got to choose and I chose Cyprus. Okay. Um, which, because my buddy did. Yeah. Um, so we both wanted to go to Cyprus. It's a Mediterranean island. We thought, yeah, this is awesome. You know, after right. we survived Vietnam, we earned it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I came home. I had like 45 days to leave, and I got through nine days of it because of the reaction to me. You know, I didn't have any hair. And back then, in 70, everybody had long hair. Guys, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody had long hair. So I stood out. And the reaction was very, very negative, you know, um, called names, you know, spit Mm -hmm. at, you know, and that's, and I, you know, I don't hold that against any of the people then because it was a different time. People, a lot of those people were upset about their friends that were killed in Vietnam. They were upset about different emotional factors. It was, it was, it was just a different time. So I don't hold that against anybody. Um, but you know, the truth was that it sent me on my way, mm-hmm. which, you know, there was a positive side of that. I got to right. go to Cyprus and live on a Mediterranean Island. And it, fortunately that duty station, I didn't even have to wear a uniform it, okay. it, yeah, because we yeah. were attached to the embassy. Okay. And so, you know, it was pretty incognito, you know, yeah. and so I 
I lived pretty well, I'd say. You know, I enjoyed it a lot. In fact, uh, my wife wants to go there because I've talked about it <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah. Just you a know, different experience for was, you there. Yeah, yeah it was especially. a great thing. So, so when is, when's your trip there? Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> well, we just got back from Scotland, you know. I know so that, was a good, that was a very cool trip. That's yeah, one of my dream uh, trips, oh too. Oh, my gosh. I, I would highly recommend it to anybody. Put it on the bucket list yeah. and make sure you do it because right. it's awesome. Yeah, but, spending, uh, a, spending a little time there. That's, yeah. I think that's a big, the key part, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we spent two weeks, and, you know, that was uh, – even that was not quite enough. There's yeah. so much to see. It's beautiful. Yeah. But Cyprus is as well. You know, it was a place where – I was be able to, you know, reground myself and kind of find myself uh, again, you know, because I felt like, you know, in the Marine Corps or Vietnam kind of, you know, we talk about PTSD now. Nobody talked about it back then. No, no. It's just well, buck up, you know. Yeah, you, absolutely. It, you know, don't be a gold bricker, you know, what they yeah. say. You, you know, you got a problem, well, so what, you know. Right, right. And unfortunately, that was not the right answer. But at least Cyprus... I went from one, um, you know, war zone to another one, you know, between the Greeks and the Turks where there was a lot of um, discontent, you know, uh, old history, you know. Um, And so there was some conflict there, but it was being managed by the U.N. Okay. So we weren't really involved in that. You know, we were able to cross the lines, go through the green line into Turkish side and uh, Greek side, so I didn't really feel, you know, as much conflict there, you know. Okay. But yet, you know, there was. It yeah. was there. Yeah. But um, it was it was a great thing for me to do. Then I got back here and because you that was we talked about it. That was like 1969 to uh, no in or, Cyprus was yeah. it was like from 71 to 71. So that was yeah. after you Vietnam was yeah, 69 that. to 71. Yeah, time frame, well, then, yeah. And then after that, you yeah. were in Cyprus. Yeah, and I guess it would be more like 70 to 72 I was okay. in Cyprus, yeah. Because uh, I got out of Vietnam in um, June, and I remember getting to Cyprus. I, I lasted about, I think I said, um, out of the 45 days, I was only here nine days. Okay. And, you know, I just wanted to get out of here. Yeah. So I went directly to my duty station. So, I, yeah, it was 70. Okay. And then uh, I was there until 72. Okay. And so, you know, it was a good time for me to kind of regroup. Yeah. And um, then when I got uh, out of uh, Cyprus, I actually got out of the Marine Corps for a few months, a couple okay. months. Because I, I thought I wanted to get out, but then as soon as I was out, it was like, mm, I want to go back in. So <laughs> I went right back in, yeah. uh, and I was in until 1974. So I spent six years in Marine okay. Corps. Yeah. But um, I was stationed in uh, Camp Lejeune. Okay. So I've got, you know, from Vietnam, thank yeah. you very much, I've got Agent Orange to deal with in my life. <laughs> and now I find out after being at Camp Lejeune for two years during that period of time that I'm having to fight benzene yeah. in my body from yeah. the water, you know. Right. But so far, knock on wood, I've been very fortunate. Been very fortunate. I have been yeah. very fortunate. Absolutely. So when we kind of transitioned from your Marine Corps days, yeah. uh, you transitioned out of there and then you came back to Des Moines? Yeah, and yeah. went to school at DMACC, of okay. all things, and... I had a really cute, sweet little um, educational advisor. Okay. And um, 
I married her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give her full credit. So, then she, so that she led you to the transportation, transportation Actually, side, uh, or was she leading you somewhere no, else? No, I kind of have been, uh, growing up, my brother-in-law um, was a truck driver and was in furniture. Okay. Um, you know, he, but we call him a bed bugger because he, you know, he moved people. Yeah. And he worked for a couple different moving lines. And during the summer, I'd work with him as a helper. So I kind of got exposed to the whole trucking thing then. And then when I got, um, you know, once we got married, I started, I wanted to go into uh, uh, more uh, marine, um, what am I trying, maritime, you know, um, where you're um, a civilian marine, basically, aboard ship. Because I I, I failed to say while I was in uh, Camp Lejeune, I was, I sailed on several different ships okay and i found out that i had sea legs and i really okay. loved being out yeah. on the water i loved big ships and all that yeah and i was on several sizable ships and so i thought that might be what i want to do right well, what we long story short we went to florida and that didn't work out well so we came back to des moines and i you got a wife yeah, yeah yeah at that time and we so we decided that this is where we're going to live. And yeah. so I started, and there's no ocean, so I had to kind of re- regroup. Not and, too many bodies of water. <laughs> and they're pretty dirty. Yeah. Yeah. But, no big ships. No. <laughs> but so, you know, I got into um, trucking basically, you know, because of my brother-in-law. I kind of migrated that way. And I ended up working for a moving van company that had, uh, you know, commercial trucks as well that – uh, freight trucks, and so I was hired by a gentleman here in Des Moines, and he took me in his office one day and said, I'm going to give you three trucks, and I want you to start a non-union company in the middle of a union company. Yeah. And I said, okay, and <laughs> I did it, and I took those three trucks to 36 and built a truck brokerage and a, um, a uh, intermodal management company because at one time Des Moines had three intermodal facilities where okay. you take containers off of trains, put them on trucks, and go deliver them or bring yeah. the containers back. So we had the BNSF, and I'm sorry, it wasn't that called that. It was BN, and the Norfolk Southern and uh, uh, Chicago Northwestern, and we ran all those facilities. Okay. And we'd pick up equipment off them and go haul. I love that. I, yeah. I, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And so I started doing some triangulation with my trucks. We'd go deliver in Waterloo, and I'd end up sending the truck up to Fort, uh, I'm sorry, Fort City, pick up a load and bring it back down. We'd yeah. take that to Kansas City and I'd dump that off and pick something else up. So I ran, you know, uh, kind of a triangular business with my trucks, and it was very successful during a time in the 80s when yeah. trucking was really suffering. Right. So I was making 13% when, when most truckers were making three. Okay, because, so yeah, big difference. Because my uh, deadhead miles were, we weren't empty as uh, much as all the other trucks yeah. were. You know, a lot of trucks would go deliver and be empty coming back. Yeah. And I found loads all over. trying to, going. Yeah, and yeah. It, which boosted our income. So, yeah. you know, that, that experience really dove me deeper into logistics. And okay. I ended up, you know, I you know, don't want to tell you the whole thing, but, you know, I ended up um, going from that to another operation uh, very similar mm-hmm. um, based out of Omaha. Um, okay. And 
I got in, I was by the owner, wanted me to get into sales, which I was like, I'm not a salesman. Yeah. Well, I didn't like it, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot of sitting in a car. Right. And all the, you know, you know, running a company, you're spending a lot of time at a yeah. desk. Yeah, you know, absolutely. as you know, you're trying to do the same thing. Right. Um, and so um, that has an effect on you. Riding in a car all day long, right, right. doing sales calls yeah, will do the same thing. Right. Too. And that's where we were kind of, we were talking earlier about is like you transition from like high school days. I guess I never asked this. Were you athlete in high school? I was never an athlete. No. I, I was, I, you know, not in high school, but the Marine Corps, I played football. I, you know, the Marine Corps training uh, made me realize there was an athlete inside of yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, before, I, you know, I didn't take time to do that. I was very active, but not in, you know, in like uh, a sport. You know, a physical setting of a right, sport. Right, right. Yeah, and absolutely. so I didn't get a real good taste of that until I got until in the Marine Corps. Corps. Yeah. And when we were in Cyprus, we had a football team. And, you know, we played the Brits and we yeah. played <laughs> Czechoslovakians or whoever we could in football, pounded yeah. them, except for the Canadians. They like to play, too. So, that we, But we had a ball doing that. And yeah, absolutely. And I, I was on a team, and it, we enjoyed You're that. probably the stud of the team, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, the stud was our little running back. He, yeah. <laughs> my buddy, yeah. he, he was the stud, you yeah. know. But, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so. absolutely. So you're saying, like, your your physical fitness, especially during that time, was probably one of your peak times, yeah. especially. And then Corps. you said you were going to the traveling now with, right. with trucking and really traveling and selling and being at a desk and – yeah. In a car all the time. Well, and having kids, yeah, you know. Then, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you were the wife were probably in that stage of, hey, right, growing a family. Right, we were. And, and which, you know, I have to say, what, once my boys got, I, I, I you know, we had a, a little league field probably two blocks away from us. And okay. so I encouraged them to play. Yeah. Didn't have to encourage them too much because they took to it. I mean, they loved it. And yeah. so... They played until they were 16. I mean, you couldn't play after that and played in high school. But um, once they got to the point where they were becoming a little more independent, I kind of got focused back on I need to get back in shape because I was already feeling it from all the sudden. And I was smoking back then, too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that came with the Marine Corps. It had been part of my life for a while. And <clears throat> I mean, it was very acceptable. It was. Like, and like my grandparents, I mean, they I know they smoked all the way up to, I think, when grandkids started coming into play. And I hate to admit this, but I started at 14, but yeah. I quit at 26 because my wife said she was never around smoke. You mm-hmm. know, that just wasn't something she did. And it would just my the smell of me. Gross yeah. around. So I, I did quit. You know, I, I finally put them down. But um, haven't touched one. No, since don't need them. No, no, don't want them. You know that's good. Yeah, but you know I I, um, I think back. You know, be, my health uh, became a an interest and a priority. Mm-hmm. Not as big a priority as it should, but you know I was doing it um, with um, trying to get back into running because the one thing the Marine Corps taught me was I liked to run. I yeah, did, absolutely. I had no idea I liked to run. Yeah. I did, uh, to ace the test, the fitness test, I had to do three miles in 18 minutes flat. So three six-minute miles. Yeah. I did it. And I was like, 
I can do this, yeah. you know, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I, I kind of remembered that, and I, so in my 40s, I started running again okay. and ran for a while. Um, I'd say I ran the dam to Des Moines once, and I think that's only a couple other little races, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, you know, it felt good, and I felt like I was getting in shape, but then my job changed. Uh, I took a job with a Chicago-based um, company they were they had me in sales well there i'm back in the car again traveling you to know Chicago, I, that's, I, well and yeah that's and quite a drive too yeah the company that i was with prior to them actually had me living in chicago part-time okay uh, to support our work there and that's how the other company found me and they pulled me away from them and yeah. um but i was only with them for eight months okay. <laughs> before the iowa interstate railroad called me and and wanted me to interview as their director of intermodal for the Iowa yeah. State Railroad, yeah. which was a whole other thing. And that was a set, you know, I had a budget, you know, and I had, you know, people that worked for me and I had a whole department of the railroad. Right. So I spent a lot of time on my butt. Yeah. You know, I tried to, you know, add some exercise back in my life, but it just... Um, just wasn't happening yeah. you know not I mean, like you, I between you said you got you got the railroad stuff going on and transportation but then like wife and kids at home now right. like right. you kind of run out of time right you, you do know, a and, people, and it's people, a mistake though you yeah. know you need to make that time for yourself yeah it's got to be a priority for you right but for your family right too, absolutely because you're healthier you know you're going to feel better yeah absolutely yeah. and like you said like you were kind of running out of time. I know we've kind of discussed this before, but you said you were kind of creeping into that unhealthy side Absolutely. where you weren't working out or Absolutely. really doing everything. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about the weight. Yeah. You were said you were close to three bills, yeah. really pushing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, which yeah. me looking at you now, I'm like, there's no way he yeah. was that heavy. You, you know, like, and I have pictures of myself, a couple of them at that weight. Um, and I look like, at him. You have him like pinned up on the mirror or something. <laughs> you know, actually, on my phone. And yeah. <laughs> I look at him from time to time. I actually share that story with people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we'll get into that because yeah. I, know, I know you work with some great people right now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I share that not to say, look what I did, mm-hmm. but look what you can do. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. Right. You can start making changes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fact was that, you know, that sedentary life created a whole lot of other issues for me. Um, You know, I had some physical issues that I'm not sure if they're connected to, you know, the, I had a spinal tumor that had to be removed when I was 50. Uh, I was told I was going to be paralyzed from my chest down possibly, or that I would definitely use the, lose the use of this right arm. And, you know, after surgery, first thing I did was start moving my hand and went, oh, man, I'm okay. You <laughs> yeah. know, I was freaking out for the fact right. that I, and I, I mean, we survived could, that. I mean, like you said, you were you were in Vietnam, you were you were in Cyprus, like you were in all these different places. Yeah. Like, could have something come back from all that? Well, I, well I had, yeah. you know, I've had a couple tumors. I had one removed from my mouth, so I, I, I suspect. Yeah. You know, that there may be some connection, but I don't like know. Like some radiation sure. connection or, or something. Whatever. Or travel or... Yeah, what, who, who knows? knows? No one who really knows, knows yeah. right? Um, right? But we were kind of, like you said, you were kind of gaining that weight. And then, oh, yeah. And then you really... Was there, was there something that just said, hey, like, 
I got to make a lifestyle change or I got well, really absolutely. change? Well, absolutely. My health just continued to get worse. And at my we're talking heaven, 40s, 50s. Yeah. Are we looking kind of like 60s, 60s now? It, it really showed up in that. Uh, I thought I had irritable bowel syndrome, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what everybody told me when I yeah. talked about what was going on with me. And so I, you know, I went for a year of just no energy and gaining weight. No energy. Right. I just didn't. I, you know. No energy, right, you know? right. and uh, couldn't walk upstairs without hardly breathe, you know, breathing heavy, and just felt horrible. And so, you know, went to Iowa Clinic and had a Dr. Hayde talk to me, try to, you know, put me through every test, you know, this side, this side, every every kind of test we could do, we did. And he came back and said, you know, all of these tests come back suspicious, but none of them are conclusive. So I want you to go on a gluten-free diet. I, what's that? You know, no wheat, no rye, no barley. And I thought, good fun, man. I grew up eating fresh You're bread, like, what man. What am I going to eat? I yeah, live what in what Iowa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? right? You know, the, you know, Iowa is bread, meat, and potatoes. That's yeah, what we do, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I could have the potatoes. I just couldn't have any of the bread. And right. I, I loved bread. I grew up with my mom making bread. And the smell of bread was always good to me. And so that was tough, and I. Th- but the option was because the uh, celiac is a continuum, and it does affect people differently. Generally, right. it affects your um, bowels, and, and which it did me. But but it also can give you anemia, and my I was so anemic, uh, I was like nine. Okay. I had a red blood cell count, which yeah. was not good. Yeah. And he said, you know, we're going to have to do some serious options, and. Or you can do this. And I said, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's so see. that was the click. That, that hey, was the thing. We're, we're up at three bills. Yeah. got to really focus I, I on. I got to do it. On yeah. doing something. What was that uh, What was that initial initial stage look like for you? Well, just trying to cut it out and finding okay. out it's in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd pick up a, a sauce, a, a soup. You, you had to be careful of soup. Yeah, so you yeah. were a lot of ingredient reading, oh, label yeah. reading, and Absolutely. stuff like that. It really w- become yeah. a rabbit hole that I went down trying to discover how do I avoid wheat, rye, or barley, yeah. you know, which I did. You know, I, I was able to do it, and six months later I went back, and my red blood cell count was up on its okay. own. Yeah. And he said, that's it. You're a celiac. This is the way you got to live. Yeah, and absolutely. I thought, you know, rather than having blood transfusions or anything else, I'll do this, you right. know. Right. So the longer I was on that, the faster the weight started falling off me. Yeah. I started feeling better. I had energy. I think because the red blood cell count came mm-hmm. up, I started having energy. Levels are starting to really oh, yeah. really neutralize for you in your body, yeah. giving you some more energy and more, yeah. more lifestyle for yourself. Yeah, and it, so, you know, it, it, uh, it was a hugely positive change, and I could feel it. And I started going to the Y. Okay. Um, and I ran into a young army, uh, <laughs> former army guy, uh, probably 30 years or 40 years my junior, but he was an inspiration to me. Okay. He kind of encouraged me to get back into the weights and get back to, and, you know, I told him I want to run. I, I like to run. And so I picked up running, yeah. got connected with the Fleet Feet on the east side there, and uh, um, as well as the Y, right. and started 
running again. Yeah. You know? Were you just running outside on the treadmill with the wire and the track? I, know I you started got a track down there too. Yeah, I started doing it on the track um, at the Y, and then I realized after I went to Fleet Feet to get a good pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, I very went, important. Yes, it is. I didn't realize how important until I did it, and um, met with them and started doing runs with them and they everything's outside pretty much i mean and they encourage outside so i joined the winter warriors you know (laughs) and i remember freezing my butt off but getting out and running and it actually was great for me i also had asthma uh, and i have asthma and so cold weather was tough on me cold air but you know i worked my way through that yeah you know and um it was a, a great thing for me to start doing because I could watch the change in my own body. Yeah. You know, I, I felt that change. Right. And, um, and I started taking care of myself a lot better, you yeah. know. Uh, so the weight started falling off. I lost 100 pounds. Yeah, because right uh, now you said you're weighing 184. Yeah. yeah, 185, somewhere in there, yeah. you know. Compared I mean, to compared to two ninety seven, right, right. <laughs> I uh, think like that's a, that's a three hundred pounds. That's a big difference, and that's a lot <laughs> yeah. of carrying on your body, especially with running. Like Absolutely, being able to carry your body at three hundred pounds versus one one ninety one eighty one ninety, like big difference of weight carrying there. But we've also looked at like your joints wise, like right. we've had images of your knees and your back and your hips, and like your knees look great and it's crazy to think you wore that weight because like yeah your knees look like hey you're a young healthy 20 year old with your knees which most people don't have that i you know i challenged my body with all that weight but i didn't do anything (laughs) because you know i was sedentary you know so i didn't challenge the poor joints you know and fortunately because i'm really fortunate at 70 for mm-hmm. to be able to run right, know, right, right. because my knees are in pretty decent shape thanks to you <laughs> some your work you're very welcome but <laughs> we kind of look at it like so you started running yep started actively running getting losing some weight yep uh what made you decide really hitting the marathons because you said you did the damn damn to damn oh i, I like started in your 40s oh yeah um and then so you probably hadn't done a race no since then it was, so the first race i uh trained for after coming back uh, and working with uh fleet feet i ran uh-huh. some 5ks but they were you know to me a 5k is that's like a run you know yeah. <laughs> and so i wanted to do uh the drake half Okay. So I trained for that with uh, Fleet Feet, a group of us trained. Yeah. And that was amazing, um, you know, to run that um, race and accomplish that. Then from that, I went right to the Dam to Dam and did it. So I got the bug. Yeah. You know, I ran that one, yeah, got, got a little medal, so I want to give me another little medal. So I ran the dam to Des Moines, you know. Yeah. And then I got hooked up with other runners, and yeah, you know, here, here comes the market to market, you know, running from Jefferson, Iowa right. to Des Moines, you know. Right. And, and that was a fun experience. I got to, I got to enjoy that one with you this year. And yeah, it was, was awesome. That's just yeah. a fun, fun event to be with a bunch of group, a yeah. group that's absolutely outstanding because everyone's pushing each other but yeah. you're like oh, i'm like oh, there's no way i can do this like, yeah. I, can go, I can go run you five or it? six miles like that's a long way you did it buddy you did it yeah, yeah. no it was fun it yeah was absolutely fun. um so with your training you really focused on that but i also know you do a bunch of other stuff other than just run like yeah. you're running 
like you said this morning, you just went and ran what four, four miles, miles this, this morning, morning. <laughs> yeah, well, just a before bit. anyone's awake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you're working at the Y, yeah, volunteering at the Y a little bit. I think you're you're working right. I work both. for him. Uh, I mean, part time, but we call I you the too. what you're the. You do, you're an everything person at the Y. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're what, the security guard, yeah. janitor, yeah. the electrician, everything yeah. like that. <laughs> Whatever um, needs to be done. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you're, you're doing the Y, especially working in the morning, letting yeah. people into the gym to really focus there. And right. I know you got a bunch of, you got a really good group down there that Absolutely. comes in in the morning. Yeah. Um, but then you're also doing some other things. Tell me about a couple of the other things you're doing. Sure. I, you know, at the Y, my, my title is a wellness uh, coach and okay. I, I got started in that um, you know I'm not a trained coach but it just kind of comes natural to me after running companies and yeah. working with people I mean especially but, yeah the Marine Corps and then right being in managing and running companies yeah, yeah I was a platoon sergeant so yeah you know that all of that training helped me work with people but I enjoyed most of all working one-on-one -on -one with people mm -hmm. and starting where they are and encouraging them to, yeah. you know, to get better. So uh, Dr. Quinlis, um, Dr. Patty Quinlis, had met me at the Y, and I put her through a wellness orientation where I made her do so many setups and, you know, tested her. You yeah, know? absolutely. And uh, she liked the way I did it so much. She said that she was starting a group called, um, at that time it was called Save Your Brain. Okay. And it's all about what you can do to... Um, stop the onset or hold off the onset of dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at this age, a lot of people my age are dealing with that. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, they're absolutely. starting to deal with it. And so I was very interested in it. My wife and I took her class, and she said, I'd really like for you to come on and be our one-on-one -on -one wellness coach yeah. for this, this class. Yeah. And so I have, and I've been doing that now. I've just been asked, I don't know if I'm should say this or not, but I've been asked to be... Don't worry, it doesn't release for a little while. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's okay. They've asked me to be a part of a new program at Broadlands okay. that where I'll be working with people that have already kind of stepped into that dementia realm. Yeah. You know, these are not full-blown, but they're in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Starting to see some signs yeah, of that exactly, dementia Exactly, and work with that. And that thrills me. If yeah. I can help one of those people make a difference... That, that thrills me, you know, yeah, that absolutely. makes me happy. So, and then I got connected with, um, actually from a race, um, it was the uh, Dam to Des Moines? Mm, no, uh, it was the market to market that uh, above and beyond cancer were, okay. uh, had a tent there. Yeah. And I met Mary Van Hoekelum there and I don't know, I just saw what she did, and I'd see her at the Y working with people, yeah. and she was working with cancer survivors, and that really intrigued me. And the Y's pretty involved with it because of Dr. Deming. Yeah. Um, his, you know, he's at Mercy, and it's close, and so he's there every morning. Right. Dr. Deming's one of the first to walk in the door. And so just kind of listening and watching, I became intrigued by it and got involved with them, and now I'm teaching two classes. Uh, to uh, Aquatics to Restore Health out yeah. at uh, Waukee. So <laughs> Mondays and Wednesdays are a little <laughs> full for me. Yeah, I work at the I, Y. I open, you know, I'm down there at 4 a.m. I open, help get ready to open at 5, and then I take off at 8, go to Walnut Creek and work out because yeah. that's my workout time. 
with my wife, and then we both go out to Waukee from there, yeah. and I teach two classes out there. So from about 3.30 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon, I'm I'm busy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely on those days, you're always like, yeah, I'm ready for a nap or bed. Yeah, because <laughs> like, right. yeah, you've been up since, right. yeah. since 3 a.m. Yeah, um, right. That's, that's a long day. Get me a little cruise in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm good, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely doing major things um, with, I mean, just helping out multiple people with the knowledge that you have now, because you've gained a lot of knowledge, especially sure. over the last few years, knowing with your celiac and then yeah. running and growing that way, you've really learned how to strengthen your body. And, right. and even coming in here, you like I'm trying to help you with your joints and make absolutely. sure hey, you're just as mobile or strong enough in certain areas. Uh, with your goals of running those marathons and getting those races. Because, I mean, you went from one, running one race in your 40s to now, I don't even know how many races you said. We were naming them off earlier. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like holy <laughs> cow. Because you've said you've run one every or I run a half marathon every month. Every month, Just, yeah. So 13.1 miles. I do that to keep my base up yeah. for my marathon training. That way, you know, I'm not – falling too far back you right know? right absolutely but I, i'd like to say something here about that whole training part of that training is taking care of yourself yeah and that's you know good nutrition um make sure you're hydrated right and then seek out the best care you can and thank you again <laughs> yeah because it's that care that's so important right, right. to make you able to do all of that Right, you right, know, absolutely. It, it doesn't matter how old you are. No, no, definitely You know, it, if you will apply yourself and apply that uh, care to yourself, there's so much you can do. 74, and I have a shirt that says athlete. Right, I, and it's 100% know, true. Yeah, I feel that way because I've ran two marathons this year. Yeah. And, you know, that's athletic. It's very know? athletic. And so, I don't think I could go run a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't, I would not expect anybody you know my age just go out and run a marathon no you know? no definitely I, not but like you like you're you're doing now like you're doing those one-on-ones you're getting people into the pool like yeah those are major things and yes like they are everyone that walks through my door i'm always like hey you are some sort of athlete whether that's your mom or your parent like, <laughs> yeah. that is being an athlete in its own because right. you have to handle all so much yeah. or if it's you're just wanting to walk 30 minutes a day like right. yeah like you said you just have to get we've talked about this before like your movement in throughout the days and being consistent but also looking at your hydration your nutrition right. what are you putting in your body exactly if you're going to mcdonald's every day yeah. and getting a cheeseburger and fries with a large coke like that's not good for you. You're not getting the nutrition you want to be. Maybe I mean, maybe you can. You're getting some protein and some carbs there, but, <laughs> uh, and some fats that you don't really want. But like, if you're putting in the stuff, like you said, you went through your celiac stuff and knowing, hey, this was what's causing my body to be so drained, and right. I don't know, my body's just fighting against my, itself right, right now. Exactly. And then I had to make exactly. a lifestyle change. I did. Whether that's in your mm-hmm. 20s or young age, or that is in your 60s, 70s, like. Right. Just moving your body is a yeah. key, well, key point to it. What you do enables me to be able to move my body. Yeah. Because we work on, you know, the issues that I face. As a runner, you're going to face issues. As right, an athlete, right. you're going to face issues. I mean, you're going to have injuries. It's inevitable. Like, right. it's going to happen. I mean, you don't want energy, 
inter- yeah, injuries. injuries. Yeah. You don't want them, and so you try to avoid them. But I'm telling you, you're, you're going to have them. Yeah, you know, it just I mean, when you're, when you're doing 13.1 miles <laughs> every month, like yeah, right. <laughs> something's, yeah, something's gonna, gonna something's gonna, gonna come bark up. at you. Well, you know? I mean, it's yeah. no different than a car. Like yeah. if you don't change the oil in your car every so often, like well, you're gonna start having issues in your car. So what you're doing here is you're helping me keep those joints mobile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep you know we've worked on on a lot of different things right. and you know to me that's just as important as about what you put in your mouth Absolutely. to me that taking care of yourself to that point right. is just as important i mean i do a deep tissue massage as well yeah. you know for me that Jake really works does a great job yeah and well the, and they just you know bust down the tissue and makes things uh pliable again yeah and, getting that you know, blood flow everything yeah. moving within the body and then, absolutely you know, that's a big thing and then coming here like we really focus on that strength and that joint aspect to be able to right get you stronger in those because like i've always told you before like especially running running is a very linear world very right? linear yeah so you're just going forward I don't think you ever really go backwards. But <laughs> <laughs> Every you're once in a while, if I'm teasing somebody, I want to run backwards. <laughs> um, but there's no lateral movement or backwards no. movement, so you're always going forward and trying to train that. And right. Like, you got to add those degrees of different training to really yeah. enhance your body to be able to do grow out of those injuries and prevent those injuries. Absolutely. You know, I've done you know plyometrics. I've done you know different types of of workouts to, mm-hmm. to do that. And I also believe in strength training. I know yeah. a lot of runners don't want to carry the weight of the muscle. To me, man, you're no good without the muscle. So right, right, right. that's just a personal opinion. But I feel like keeping strength up is incredibly important, not only for bone strength. You yeah. know, working with weights it will help right. strengthen your bones. So I think that's really an important part of it, too. But taking care of yourself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Find a a Dr. Chris and and uh, get to work with him because you know here at Elite we've we've made some major progresses. Yeah. I went through a knee issue that I was basically told, "Oh, you're done." Right. You know. Right. I do and, remember that. And I I hate I won't say who said that, but it, they're very well, well known yeah. <laughs> orthopedic <laughs> company, and yeah. and they're wrong. Right. You know, we worked it out, and I was able to complete my marathon. Yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't get my time. You know, my goal is to qualify for Boston. Right, right. And I'm getting, you know, I'm getting We're closer. shaving to, off yeah, minutes right, every so right, often, right? Right. Had you know, a couple complications. Yeah, but yeah. Like, and like you said, those are going to come around. Th- they like, happen. And, I mean, what it, I think the last couple of races you've said you've gotten to – a certain point in your races and that's where like hey okay let's work on this to mm-hmm. really focus on that and right. like you said you have your team to be able to like hey whether that's the massage exactly. therapist or right. us or it's someone else you're good yeah. um someone else like we have that team to be like hey we can relay back and forth between all of us to right. make sure hey how do we get you past that point right kind of thing and you know that's that's a good way to put it it is a team you're, you're part of my team yeah you know you're part of my health care my Dr. Ketter over in, in Ankeny, he's part of my health care. Yeah. He's a sports doctor, yeah. which I preferred. You know, my, my, normal, uh, my primary physician 
retired the nerve of the old guy. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Who, Who retires? Does Who <laughs> retires? <laughs> Who retires? But, you know, young Dr. Ketter understands me. He gets it. You understand me. You yeah. know, and it's really important to to do that. Get, right, right. Find somebody that really understands you. Right, and absolutely. And that's what I always tell everyone, especially with this clinic, is we're not the right fit for everyone. Like, yeah. Like, we might not be that place for you, but, like, we want to be a part of someone's team that wants goals like you. Right. They're like, hey, I want to achieve right. these things. And we want to be a part of that because the, that's what drives us. Is right. We want, to, we want to reach you, get you to where you want to be because if someone comes in and they're like, oh, I just... I want to be able to just go sit on my couch pain free all day. Like, well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not as fun. Like, yeah. like we want we want your goals. Like, what are your goals? Yeah. Like, hey, I want to go be goal. an athlete. I want to go do this. Like, I want to I, I want to train for the Boston Marathon. Like, yeah. I want to get to that point. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've dealt with that have said, you know, my goal is to be able to walk across the room. You know, right. I don't want to get to that point. Right. You know, to me, this is all about, and and what you do um, helps me get there in that I want to live longer, better, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, at 74, my, my mortality is around the corner. I don't know when it is. I, hopefully it'll be on a trail somewhere and I'll drop over dead. Your timeline's <laughs> definitely a lot further than everyone else. Right, right. So th- that's the reality. But I, I don't want to pile myself into a bed or on a couch mm-hmm. and exist. I yeah. want to be able to play with my grandkids, right. you know, hang Especially. out with you and go on a ruck. Right. You know, to me that, you know, that's uh, that's far more important, the, the quality of life as right. much as possible. Right. And then the, I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of people is what does that quality of life look for people? Yeah. Because is your quality of life, hey, I, I just want to stay at home and really not do a whole lot or just be around. Right. Um, like I'm not knocking my my grandparents or anything, but that was kind of that. Hey, they they were there. I know they were hard workers. They've they've sure. worked hard their entire life. Um, but my grandma's had double knee replacements yeah. and shoulders and stuff like that. And it's kind of like, hey, like how could we have prevented that lifestyle? Right. Um, right. Especially because we want to make sure that you're you're sustainable for a long time. I right. mean, she's 84, yeah. so I mean, she's lived. A, a long very time. Very quality of life, and the the knee replacements were needed. Like they right. helped her oh, out yeah. tremendously. I mean, you get to a point where you've got to yeah. do those things. You um, know? But it was like, how could we? I mean, small town Iowa. There's not a lot of resources out there anymore. And sure. What's the number one thing they're normally going to go to is we're just going to replace it for you, kind of thing. Right. Like it's right. that time. Right. But it is a. It's more of a sedentary lifestyle. Like mm. I think being in Des Moines or the metro or a bigger city you have those teams like you said right, um, right. You but you can have, develop them you have a different system within the the des moines metro that says hey like your lifestyle doesn't have to be that sedentary lifestyle and right. you can really grow from that yeah um and and have a different quality of life for a longer period of time yeah you know it is really important and you know i like i say i work with a uh, you know a lot of folks a little younger than me and my yeah. age and, um, you know, COVID hit people hard and they withdrew and it's hard to get them back out and moving. And, you know, and that's been my goal is to try to keep them, you know, yeah. moving. And that's another thing. Like, we never even talked about it, but like, especially COVID, like yeah. COVID hit very hard. It and did. like people are slowly trying to come back from that. And right. it's like, we're like, oh, no, like the COVID there's COVID and stuff like that like yeah people are getting sick but like I always say it like 
I don't know. You can probably knock on wood for me, but like I feel like I don't get sick as often as I know normally other either. People, <laughs> other people do, yeah. and it's like, yeah. like why are you getting as sick as much? Like, what are you putting in your system? What vitamins are you taking? Right. What right. are you hydrating? Are you not hydrating? Right? Are you physically active for thirty minutes a day, whether that's a walk or or getting out in in the cold, like you said, and running in the cold weather. Like you sent me photos of you with icicles and snow <laughs> off your face after running in the morning, and I'm yeah. like, how are you doing that? But like, your system definitely adapts, yeah, and it's going it to grow, does. and it's going to become healthier for that quality of life. Right. And it's called cold therapy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, um, but yeah, I think it's just it's very interesting how how it's changed and like especially with looking at you like and we talk about it all the time like the stuff that you do is not what a normal 74 year old does um (laughs) you're never normal and you're definitely you're you're doing the right things and it's not one of those like like we always talk i don't know all the questions all the time but like it's always one of those like you're asking you're learning Mm -hmm. you're diving in deeper um you're doing research and being like hey what does this look like or what what does this entail and if i don't know it like i can always look it up or try to ask someone that i do know and it's one of those like i think that's really cool and that's what makes that's why you're on my team man (laughs) (laughs) Uh, absolutely um but it's one of those like i think it's really cool how your story like you grew up Iowa, I mean, Des Moines is not a big place, probably back back in the 60s no. or before. and <laughs> Still a small town. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not as big as those, you get Chicago and cities like that. Right. Like, Des Moines is just a small minute of anything. But you grew up then, went to the Marine Corps, really learned stuff in the Marine Corps, yeah. uh, come back, transportation. Uh, and never then, give up. As and well. then, yeah, <laughs> then now you're into this really health journey that it's very amazing and it's definitely that's why I call you one of the elite people because Thank your you. your story should drive people. Yeah. I, I definitely look at you as one of my my inspirations of oh, hey like Tim is that guy that that leads people to where they need to be or where they should be. I try um, because you're like I said that inspiration to people or that I mean I tell every patient like if they're like hey I can't do this I'm like. I got a 74-year-old guy that's running half marathons every month or running <laughs> multiple marathons in a year. Like, you can do it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> You've got to start where you are, you know. And one of the things I like to share with people, the the pillars of, of good health are, you know, eating – mind health is yeah. uh, eating a, a good Mediterranean-style diet – um, and I hate to use the word diet, just eating good food, yeah. uh, being active, uh, learning new things, and being social. Right. And, you know, that's, those four pillars are going to be really important um, in how you spend the last 10 years of your life. Absolutely. You know, you really want to focus on doing those things, you know. Yeah. That will bring your health up. And then the being active is a huge part of it. You know, it really yeah. is. Yeah. But you got to start where you are. Right, you know, right. If it's in my pool, in my class, walking across in the water, that's where you start. You know, and those, it's not workouts, your... those workouts aren't easy. No, well, but they're and, good for you. Well, and you know, the beauty of it is seeing the progress. Yeah. When I see people make, no, no matter how small it is, but they're actually moving forward. Right. making progress. I've got a gal that's going in for knee replacement. 
she needed to lose 25 pounds to be able to do it. I mean, she's a big lady, mm-hmm. and uh, she did it. To yeah. me, that was a milestone. Absolutely. And she's excited about, I'll be able to walk without these canes. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to walk without them. So, you know, you got to start where you are and, mm-hmm. and take those incremental steps to, to get right to the absolutely <laughs> right absolutely and like you said you got to take those steps but also adding that team into that steps to kind of absolutely. go off of what you said like absolutely you got to surround yourself with those people and absolutely. those pillars and it's like it, it's there's nothing wrong with asking for help no like no like everyone needs some and, sort of help whether that's physical mental nutritional right, whatever right. like you got to have your team and Really what, rely on that. You know, and, and we talked about COVID a little bit. And one of the things that COVID did was made people isolate themselves. Are we aware? You're good. You can keep okay. going. And um, they uh, got mental health issues from it. And so then, you know, what I tell folks is you need to get outside. You need to walk in the woods. I call it forest bathing. And, um, you know, it's important to surround yourself with nature at some time too it does uh, actually um, reduce stress and uh, help you mentally so that's kind of another part of my offerings to people is try to encourage them to get outside yeah and maybe not in 21 below but you know <laughs> leave that for us crazies but you know. <laughs> leave that to the runners to yeah, run outside, yeah right right yeah uh, if you were to really look at it, we'll kind of kind of wrap things up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you were to look at how you went through your life and everything like that um, in your journey, what would be your recommendation to everyone? Like your your top kind of advice per se. Well, we, we kind of hit on it. Yeah. You know, to me, it's, you know, make a decision that you're going to do this for yourself and you're going to make a change. And then... Don't expect huge changes quickly. They're incremental steps. Start where you are and then make one step at a time. Put one foot in front of the other. Don't give up. Continue. Will you fall back? Maybe. But just turn around and start that step again and just keep taking steps for it. Then it's really important that you concentrate on the things that you're putting in you and make sure you do that. And then surround yourself with a good team of people that – are going to help you get where you want to get. It may be a doctor. It may be the best chiropractor you can get. You know, it may be, you know, a, a massage therapist. It may be a nutritionist. Whatever you need to do. Or it may be mental health. You know, don't let me leave that out. It's mm-hmm. I, I've been through therapy, and I, I recommend it. I think it's a great part of, you know, grounding ourselves. So mm-hmm. you do those things and then work toward a goal. Set a goal. You know, and then work toward it. For me, I want Boston. I'm going to get it. You're definitely going to get it. You're definitely going to get <laughs> you there. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's going to be that team that's ultimately that, going to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Tim, I really appreciate you coming on today Thank and you. really joining me. Yeah. I think your story is really amazing on how, how you've come through life. And Thanks. I think a lot of people really enjoy hearing that um, and what you're doing now. I think definitely keep keep striving for those goals i will do it as long as you're there to help me i'll be all right absolutely uh, but very appreciative of yeah, you sitting down with me today thank you for having me you're very welcome it.